You have come to the right place. Hope you love America. Hope you're tired of the same thing all day, every day. Bringing you a different point of view. Bringing you the right point of view. From an everyday American. Recorded all over. No agenda, just America. Hello, welcome to a new episode of Eric's America. I am Eric, as usual, and um, enjoying summer weather, sort of. It's uh, It's been hot as hell here, actually. Uh, a few hundred days and, you know, all the fun that comes with it. Um, actually didn't pay attention as much as normal last week to everything going on. I was uh, busy working on uh, a lot of different things and... Uh, got a few podcasts out but uh normally i would catch up at the end of the week and over the weekend but uh stayed so busy that i really didn't catch up and dig into things the way i normally would but no matter um caught up a little bit today best i could um like probably 90 percent of uh the regular people in the u.s uh i'm just exhausted with it just absolutely exhausted with all the um, all the outrage, all the canceling, all the ridiculousness. Um, especially frustrated and tired of all the socialism and communism and uh, the lies and just oh, it's just ridiculous. So get started on some of it some of it today and some of the things that really bothered me um I was trying to watch a couple shows over the weekend stuff that I normally would watch you know discovery channel that kind of thing and uh I saw the ads if you will for the Oprah Winfrey led discussion about George Floyd and uh, I've already talked about it several times uh about the absolute bastardization of what would be a hero when it comes to george floyd should he have been killed no does he deserve to be painted on a mural hell no uh unless we're going to start you know um celebrating people who do violent horrible things their entire life so you know and spend much more of their adult life in prison for doing terrible horrible things than free on the street to then redo terrible horrible things so therefore that's where that leaves me um but never the matter um you know they listed off this uh big panel that they were going to have and the number one was uh stacy abrams of course which i've never seen anyone more delusional and someone who lies quite as much as Stacey Abrams. Uh, she's absolutely a terrible person. Absolutely a horrible person. Uh, I have yet to hear her speak when she ever said anything that was true. So that's interesting. I mean, maybe she's trying out a new shtick. Maybe it's a new gig. Um, that you just go out and say anything that's absolutely a lie. And you harp on it. And, you know, because there's a lot of people out there who will... Uh, manipulate a story and kind of only tell one side or um, they'll kind of you know maybe tell shades of the truth and and lie but she just absolutely lies I mean she just absolutely opens her mouth and just says the opposite of what is actually true and just goes with it and they celebrate it which makes my head hurt it really makes my head hurt um but she was number one on the panel because, you know, of course you need her there because how are you going to keep the uh, narrative? Um, how are you going to keep it in focus if you don't have somebody who can lie? Because the narrative is false, so therefore you got to have somebody who can lie really good if you're going to keep the narrative going. Um, but the thing that bothered me the most was, you know, it was the usual, you know, kumbaya you know gather in the caring tent and we're all going to talk about something kind of thing and then it got to the end of the ad where it says where do we go next what are our demands 
and I got red in the face, seriously angry. Because not only is the narrative not true, and it's provably not true. Okay, so that's where you start. You start with the fact that not only is the story you're going to meet and talk about, not only is it provably false, not only is it the opposite of the truth, provably, but now you're joining the socialist cavalcade of miscreants and terrible people who want to destroy the country and say, well, now we have demands. Well, I know we don't have grounds for demands because we don't really have a true story, but we're going to make demands of everyone. And I got really angry. And my answer is, how about you kiss my ass? That would be a really good start for you. Uh, And I want to know how Oprah, who is one of the richest people in the world, is so oppressed. No one mentions this. No one mentions that all these people that speak out all the time, uh, namely uh, actors, musicians, politicians, media figures, all these people are stupidly rich. How are they oppressed, by the way? And how the hell am I oppressing them? I'm a poor working guy. I grew up in southern West Virginia. Trust me. I believe I could make a pretty good, although false case, that they've been oppressing me for years. Makes my blood boil. Literally. Listening to someone. And and I think that's the problem that most people have. Especially people on my end of the spectrum. Have a really, really hard time dealing with these people. Or even giving them any weight whatsoever. Because it really offends most people to hear someone who is a billionaire. Who has built an empire come around and cry about how they've been oppressed. It makes most people physically ill. It makes me physically ill because I don't want to hear about how LeBron James has been oppressed. Figure that one out. He's been so held down in his life that he's a multimillionaire who is treated like a god. Damn. Hate to have his life. Wouldn't you hate to be him? God, that'd be horrible. I hate to be Oprah, too. She's a billionaire. One of the richest people on the face of the earth. That's awful. Terrible to be so oppressed, huh? It's a rough time to be so oppressed. In fact, that looks so good that, you know, I think most people would sign up for a little oppression if they could live like that. I think you could probably call most people, especially in my world and my level, You could call us pretty much anything you want if we get to live like that. Just saying. In fact, I could even test it out. You can call me fat, stupid, whatever you want to call me. Do not care. Let me have billions of dollars and live in absolute luxury. And then I'm going to show up at your house and tell you how you've oppressed me while you bankrolled my life. Hmm. Quite odd quite odd but yeah the Stacey Abrams thing is just it's so ridiculous um yeah she has no clue uh she lost the uh race for governor of Georgia and then decided that she didn't really lose she didn't really lose uh she actually won uh it was just some racists showed up and voted against her and that's why the votes didn't come out that way but she literally claimed she won that it was just racist showed up and then it screwed up the ballots somehow. I guess even thinking racist. I have no idea how that works and neither does she. Uh, but yeah, she literally claimed she won the uh, governor's race for Georgia, but she didn't. But it was because of racism. So of course she was number one on the panel. Uh, I didn't read the rest of them because I really just don't care. I, I think that we have to, at this point, as conservatives, libertarians, whatever, whatever you fall at, whatever spectrum you fall at on the right, I think it's just come time to just tune them out. You absolutely can't listen to them anymore. You can't argue with them because obviously the truth means nothing. 
I mean, if you can walk out and make the claims that these people are claiming, I mean, they're claiming genocide of black people in this country. I hate to tell them the only genocide going on is by their side, I guess, their team. Their team is committing genocide for sure. Um, I think, uh, what did they say? What was that number? 16 million black babies have been aborted so far since abortion has been legal. 16 million. Now that, there you go. That would be a genocide. I could get on board with that being a genocide. But no, that's fine. We, we need to keep doing that. It's, it's the nine people that got shot by police last year. That's a genocide. I'm not sure how that works. And then the next argument the people make is, no, 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 see, relative to the population numbers, then that nine's really bad, but it's still only nine people. Nine unarmed black people killed. And oh, by the way, um, all nine of those were considered uh, justified because the people were either fighting and trying to get a gun away or assaulting police officers in some other way. So not exactly a genocide going on on the street. And, uh, you know, I said something the other day. It was in a chat or something. Um, I think I'll take the the, uh, liar, liar approach. You know the best way to stop police shootings? Stop breaking the law, asshole. That's usually the best way. Just just some food for thought. Just idea off the top of my head. Because usually, if you're not breaking the law all the time, you don't see the police a whole lot. Chance of, of getting killed by police go way down. Way down. By a factor of 10. So anyway, today really my, uh, my overview of the whole thing is the cure is worse than the disease. And that's been my whole theory pretty much all of 2020. Uh, The cure was much more detrimental than the disease when it comes to Corona, because now things have opened back up. Then we had insane uh, riots and protests in the street that uh, tens of thousands of people were all gathered together on the streets and close quarters. And yes, infections are going up, although the hospitals aren't overwhelmed and we don't aren't stacking dead bodies along the street. So pretty sure that uh, proves what everybody was trying to say anyway is that it's it's an illness i guess you have to take it seriously but 99.9 percent of all people are going to be fine uh and in fact strangely enough it seems like the most affected are 80 and over which seems strange but at the same time if you took that demographic of any kind of illness 80 and over are going to be the worst and most vulnerable to any illness ever. Why? Because you're elderly and things start to go wrong. And unfortunately that is part of life and we should protect those people. Unlike so many governors that I have named many times, uh, who just thought they were expendable. Also those same people think you're expendable too. Just, just a side note, just a side note. They definitely think you're expendable as well. So, yes, the cure is always worse than the disease. So what what is our cure now? We had a guy who was admittedly not a very good guy um, met with also not a very good guy who happened to be a police officer and something really bad happened. Well, we decided we were going to burn down a bunch of liberal cities, which, by the way, is something that a lot of people probably thought was a good idea to start with. But it's never a good idea because the actual city And the actual people who run it never seem to get, well, let's say punished. It's usually always just some of your fellow citizens trying their best to take care of themselves and their family and live a good life. And those are usually the ones that get hurt. So unfortunately, as much as most of us have wanted to burn down liberal cities for a long time, it doesn't help. And obviously it makes everything worse, much worse. Um, the kneeling of discuss the kneeling, which is absurdity and uh, not even borderline Nazi-ish. It just is. It is Nazi tax- tactics. It's fascism. 
But then we get to Chaz. I don't know if you've heard about Chaz. I'm sure everybody's heard about Chaz now in the middle, middle of Seattle, which, again, for most of us on the right, it's really hard to feel super bad for people who keep electing these insane leftist wackos that have destroyed their city, driven taxes almost out of reach of anyone, done nothing and allowed Antifa and Black Lives Matter to run their streets for years. And now it comes home to roost. And it's really, really hard to sit back and be like, damn, I feel really sorry. But at the same time, it's kind of like when you have a kid and the kid keeps doing something, you tell them, listen, stop doing that. You're going to get hurt. Stop doing that. You're going, it's going to hurt you. And you go on and you punish them. And then they come back and they do it and they get hurt. And although you feel bad because your child just got hurt, you also sit back and go, see, I tried to tell you, now you have to live with that consequence. So that's how I feel that probably most of the conservative world kind of feels about Chaz. Um, but the problem is people are getting hurt. Um, I mean, assaults and sexual assaults are rampant apparently and also the first thing they decided to do was put up border walls and get armed strange how that works wonder why they think they can do that i mean they're socialists don't they believe in just inviting everyone in i mean they say that's what they want from everybody else part of their demands say they want all illegal immigrants to be made citizens weird well, why aren't we all citizens of Chaz? Because apparently you have to go through checks where they check your ID. Isn't that racist? The thing is, is you really can't combat this anymore. You really can't. Like they say, you can't fix stupid and you certainly can't. You can argue with these people and make them look like hypocrites and liars, but they already know they are. They don't care. You can't bring someone to logic when they have no logic. You can't fix it. You can't fix stupid. And obviously these people are stupid, especially look at how they decided they were going to farm to make food. It was very interesting. They dumped out a bunch of topsoil, planting soil on top of the grass and stuck about eight or 10 plants in it and said, oh, we're going to feed everybody here real soon. That just goes to show how stupid these people are. They have no clue. But the one thing that is bothering me is I think people are going to start helping them. Sending them food and clothes. They have signs up on, on around their area and put it up online of a list of things they need. Well, I think if you show up to give them things, you got to get a boot in your ass inside the place, shut the door, and we'll just treat it like every other prison or asylum that we've ever had. Keep them locked in there. That seems like a good place. In fact, we should start shipping all these crazy lunatics across the country in there. Make them think that they are patrolling their border. You set up a good perimeter around it and you don't let them out. Let them devour each other because that's what it's going to be anyway. And hey. We all may pretend that we really care about every human life, but as these people have shown, they give not they give not a shit about anyone's life other than their own. So I say let them build their wall, build a perimeter around it, just don't let them out. They come out, you play goalie, kick them back into play. I bet you in about 6 months you could cure a whole hell of a lot of problems. And maybe it's not legal or the right thing to do. I disagree. I fully believe it's probably the right thing to do. Let them live in their utopia. Let them starve. Because if they're too stupid to figure out how to grow food, or the fact that capitalism is what feeds most of the world, then let them run their own experiment. And don't help. Because it's not our job to help. They decided to do it. They can live with the consequences the same as the rest of us have been preaching to our children and was preached to us for years and years. You are responsible for your actions. You've done the action. 
Now you reap the consequences. Consequences not are always bad, though. That's one thing that we need to explain to everyone. Consequences aren't always bad. But every action has one. Every decision has a consequence. Could be positive. Could be negative. In this case, oh, it's definitely going to be negative, And that's okay with me. I get tired of listening to it. I get tired of the insanity. I get tired of people trying to destroy this country. So let's rope off Chaz. No one's going to miss Seattle anyway. Being honest, no one will. We don't need any more insanity, Antifa, BLM. In fact, all the ones you pick up of these crazy Marxist idiots, which they're not even Marxist, by the way, uh, for a quick education on Marxism, uh, the whole idea was the workers of the world would unite and rebel against their bosses and take over the countries because they were so fed up. And it has not once ever happened that way. Therefore, proving Marx was wrong, completely wrong. So when they talk about, oh, we want to bring about Marxism, Marx didn't think you needed to help his plan along, and it never worked anywhere. And so, yeah, you're just wrong. And it's okay to be wrong. I think that's something we need to educate people about. It's okay to be wrong, as long as you can admit that you were wrong. It's okay to be wrong. You just have to learn from it. There's where the sticking point is, because apparently these people, no idea. Not, Not only will they never admit that they were wrong, but they have no idea how to ever move on from being wrong. Because they know they're wrong, so then they just start making things up or just calling people names. And why are people so scared of names? I haven't figured that out. I mean, I said it, I think, on the last episode that I'm the most dangerous thing that the left could ever find. I'm a guy that you're not going to take my job. I mean, you could call whoever employs me at the time, but I am my own boss. Uh, I'm not sponsored by anyone except for myself. And if you call the people that employ me, they're just going to hang up on you. So you can't take my job. I don't have sponsors right now, Um, nor would I sign up with a sponsor that would want to cancel me because I'm a conservative anyway. Um, But why are people so afraid of names? Is it just have we devolved that far? Has the participation trophy culture that started this entire spiral has it gone so far that people are desperately afraid of being called a name i hate to let everybody know but words are just words the right thing to teach people at least that's what we used to teach everyone was you're the only one that has to live with yourself at the end of the day self-confidence defeats all name calling If you know who you are and what you are, then it doesn't matter what somebody calls you. Words can't literally kill you. So how did we get here? Like I said, it started with the participation trophy culture that no one could ever have their feelings hurt was the beginning of the end and the beginning of this insane socialist ideology that is trying to permeate everything and has now decided to cancel half of any of the TV shows that people liked Uh, comedians can't tell jokes because you can't tell a joke somebody's feelings might get hurt it is absolutely insane and the best way to combat it is just stop listening to it And for the love of God, stop being scared to be called a name. Call me whatever you want. I know who I am, and I'm not looking for you to define who I am. I already figured that part out. And by the way, no one else can define who you are, by the way. Only you can do that. So why are you letting someone else do it anyway? Grow a pair. Get a backbone. Be confident in yourself. Know who you are, and you are who defines you. 
by your actions. Whatever happened to words having so much meaning? We used to say that, you know, actions are what matter, not words. Whatever happened to all these great sayings, these things that are actually true? Well, they got flushed down the toilet of the participation trophy. I mean, some people are great at some things and some people suck at some things. That's life. But there is no way to somehow armchair quarterback the human race and somehow make things all equal. It never works that way. And as we all know, it only leads to tyranny and a whole lot of dead bodies. Many, many millions of dead bodies. What kind of started all this is the idea of intersectionality, which most people who have never been exposed to this uh, would have no idea what it even is about. And it's basically a theory or a ideology that sets the world onto two into two groups. Marx had the capital, the proletariat, the working class, and the bourgeoisie, which were the capitalists. Which I think if he actually understood anything he was talking about, he might have actually figured out his plan was never going to work. Because he was completely wrong in his assumptions, which made him completely wrong. And kind of an idiot if you are going to write a theory about economics and culture if you don't actually understand the concepts. That's a good point. That's a that's a good idea for people of the future. If you want to set forth theorizing the economics and culture and write it down and say you're definitely convinced this is exactly what everything needs to do to make the world perfect, you might want to understand the basic fundamentals of what you're talking about. Just just an idea throwing that out there you know for what it's worth but anyway this is another one of the theories of social sociology and basically it separates the world into two groups the victim class and the oppressor class sound familiar very much not an original idea okay Marx wasn't into this, but he had the two systems that separated all of society. Kind of go with me there. So, yeah, kind of a new idea. Because apparently, for the last 50 years, most of the uh, higher-ups at our higher education centers around the uh, U.S. have just been trying to figure out better ways to sell communism and socialism. Which seems really weird. Maybe they need hobbies. I don't know. I really don't know what drives people to this. Uh, you know, a lot of people want to give it a lot of uh, great flowery credit. Like, oh, well, it's just about perfecting society. My problem is if you have two or more brain cells, you realize that not everything is equal all the time. And there's no way to make everybody on the same playing field. You just have to have the laws and the application of those to be equal. So everyone has the same chance. You're not ever going to get to the same outcome, period, no matter what you do. It never works, and it's an insane idea to even undertake. What makes it more insane is because it's not the first time that it's ever been tried, and it has failed every time. So, therefore, it makes it true insanity, which is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. So, it's true insanity, by definition, insanity. So intersectionality is the, um, you have one class that are the oppressors and everybody else are victims. Now, the victims are on top in this case because we're going to tear down the idea of winning. Winning is bad. Doing well is bad. And it's almost the idea, uh, it goes back, and I'm, I'm pretty sure this is where they got it. They read 1984 and they're like, oh yeah, that double speak thing double think double speak thing that sounds like a really good idea let's see if we can practice that as a uh, experiment and get people to actually buy this shit 
And that's what they did. And they came up with this stupid idea that somehow the world was in these two groups of oppressor and victim. And the more victim cards you have, then the more relevant you are. And yes, I just said that. Uh, so that's where a lot of this crap comes that we're having to listen to now. Uh, a lot of the sewer that you hear spewing out of mainstream me media comes from this idea that if you are a white, male, heterosexual, you are the oppressor class. You are the worst of worst that there's ever been. You should just go kill yourself right now. Now, everybody else gets points for not being any of those things. And the more points you have, the more power you're supposed to have. So if you are, say, a minority, once male, now female, uh, gay person from the illegal immigrant from Brazil you're supposed to be the most important person on the face of the earth. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I mean, if you can follow along, if you're black, then you have one point. If you're a woman, you have a point. If you're black and gay, now you have two points, so now you're more important than just the white female. And, you know, without a scorecard, you really can't keep it straight. And the fact that it makes no sense and you need a scorecard to figure it out, let you know all you need to know about it that it is stupid but this is a philosophy that is preached in many universities all over the country and i say preached because it's literally becoming a, a religion this this stuff gets a a zeal of a religion a lot like climate change it's really bad you always know how bad ideas are if someone wants to keep you from listening to an argument against it because if you have a really good idea and this is where conservatives as an entire group no matter where you fall on the spectrum as an entire group have failed and we have because we're very reactionary and we're very logical on a lot of things and we want to tell you the statistics are wrong and this number's wrong and you're just wrong. The idea of combating these things when it goes on insanity like this and stuff that everyone knows is just untrue is you have to build your own narrative. You have to stop arguing with an individual person and start building your own narrative. And the best way to combat it is to just ignore it. And these people yelling and screaming, oh, this, 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 instead of just engaging with them and, you know, arguing with that one person, you just make your own narrative. I like to call it the truth, but it's a narrative nonetheless. And it can't just be cold facts because that's where they get the the idea is they build a narrative that is absolutely false, but it sounds good when they're like, oh, well, everybody in America is racist. And just because this, this guy in Minnesota got killed, that proves that all cops are racist. Now, you could be like myself and go, well, that makes no sense because there's a black guy. He was breaking the laws that make every black person a criminal. Well, no, no, that's racist. That's terrible. That's a racist statement. Well, you just said all cops are racist because he killed a black guy. Hypocrisy is rampant. They know it's rampant. They don't care. So you can't combat it that way. I mean, it's fine to point out and we all get a laugh because, yeah, it makes no sense. It makes no sense because there's no way to make sense of that. Just like this whole idea of intersectionality. It makes no sense. Any sane, normal person would sit there and go, what the hell are you talking about? You know, there's one race on this earth, and it's the human race. So where are we going from here? Why are people getting points? Because they are a little bit more, you know, this way or that way? Or what are you even talking about? You've basically taken the old idea of the Democrats 
with slavery and Jim Crow and basically said, okay, now we're going to flip it over and we're just going to do it the other way because all the white people decided they didn't want to be Democrats anymore. And that's what you get. You get insane, stupid ideas like this. The other idea to it is to try to destroy what I like to call the new South. A South that really, it started to turn, I would say, in the 70s, but early 80s and throughout the 80s, it really started to turn around and go more conservative. And that is the biggest part that has driven the left insane because most of the people in in the southern especially southeast have changed you know it was a democrat stronghold for probably most of this country's existence so far a huge democratic stronghold and yes there were racist policies put in place and it was it was rough the problem is it changed what's funny is the people now that demonize everything to do with that area and region once were its leaders they were the people who led all these terrible policies and terrible ideas and horrible acts they led them and that's what people have to understand is they poison the water and then show up as the water commissioner to fix it. The problem is it's already changed. It's been changed for a really long time. The idea with all this now is to attack those people, to make them pariahs, to make them subservient, and to somehow enslave them. The problem is all the people out here on the streets burning everything and tearing everything down and making demands don't realize that once power switches, they're going to be enslaved too because socialism is the enslavement of everyone, not just one group. We fought to abolish slavery in the 1860s. Now you're talking about fighting the enslavement of everyone under socialism and make no mistake that is all that it is and it's terrible that's why the entire world has turned away from it every country that was socialist has turned it away from it got away from it it always leads to tyranny a whole lot of dead people and a miserable and horrible existence and usually the end of your nation but we're just going to push all that away because now we have things like black lives matter because there's genocide going on i mean the problem I have with that is even if the numbers didn't say so, wouldn't somebody see this happen? I mean, if it was a genocide, you don't have to go and search it out. That's one thing. I mean, you didn't have to go far in Germany to find a concentration camp, did you? And nobody had to argue about the numbers and say, well, according to the population, then there's a whole lot more of this dying than that dying. No, you didn't have to do that. Why? It was an actual genocide. They said, okay, walk over here. Here's an oven where they cook 6 million people. See, it's real fucking easy to work out. And everybody can see it, and everybody says it's bad, and it's, it's simple. It's plain, easy to see. When you have to search so hard to dig up facts and just make shit up and make things up, you know there's got to be something wrong with my argument. The next thing is, if it was such a good idea and it was so plain and so easy for everybody to understand, then I don't care about someone speaking against it because no one's going to believe that guy. He's crazy. You hear the crazy shit he's saying? That's why people don't argue so much with, you know, a crazy Iranian who's like, oh, the Holocaust didn't happen. Well, we know it happened. We're not going to go shout the guy down because we just don't care. We know that it's a stupid idea. We know it's wrong. So we're not really worried if anybody hears it because we're going to pretty much figure that there's maybe one guy that's going to be like, oh, okay, yeah, I believe that. And the rest of people are like, this guy's stupid. What's he talking about? That's how you know all these ideas are absolutely horrible and nothing is about what they say it's about. Because if it was then why would they be so angry and not wanting anyone to say anything against it? That's the easiest way to find out if it's a good idea 
if things are true, it's real simple. If someone's like, okay, check it out. Check all the angles out and then come back and talk to me. That's how you know that guy or that person is probably telling you the truth. And if somebody's like, no, this is the only way. And if you do anything else, I'm going to try to destroy your life. That's how you know that they're full of shit. And that's where we're at in this country right now. A whole lot of people that are full of shit. And I'm sorry if it hurts somebody's feelings, but at the end of the day, I'm not really sorry if it hurts your feelings. You need something to smack you upside the head and get you back to, you know, what the rest of us call reality. People often wonder how you fight against, how do you fight against these kind of things? And there is many ways that there can be to fight back against the terrible, uh, ideology and the complete breakdown of the left and this whole insane narrative that's going around that everyone that is uh, Caucasian are horrible, terrible people and we're all racist and we want to do all these horrible things. Uh, Number one, it's just not the truth. It's all a lie. So, I mean, that's the first way you combat it is just know that it's an absolute lie. Are there racist people in the world? Yeah. The funny part about that is they come in all colors, all races, all creeds. Not everyone is racist against the same thing or sexist against the same thing. No. It's the part that's really hard to wrap your mind around. I heard somebody say uh, that, well, black people can't be racist against white people. That's only a white person thing. What the hell are you talking about? The fact that you just made that comment tells me how stupid you are and the fact that I'll never listen to another word you have to say because damn. Um, But yeah, I mean, is there racist things? Are there racist people? Yeah, there is. And like I say, they come in all shapes, sizes, creeds, colors, religions, however you want to split people up. They come in every one of them. Guaranteed, you can find them in every one of them. Does that mean that we should just go on about life. No, you should always try to promote the right thing, the right ways not to be racist. My problem is I'm tired of walking on eggshells and I don't think anyone should walk on eggshells anymore about any of it. Because once you do, you open the door for Chaz in Seattle, you open the door for the entire city being burned down by assholes who just wanted to overthrow the government. You ever ask yourself why they go and tear down statues of Christopher Columbus? They're probably wondering why most people don't give a shit. Well, see, that's a socialist thing. Because Christopher Columbus, apparently, or maybe they read Howard Zinn. Hmm another asshole who wrote a bastardized version of American history and he's a moron. Sorry. People are like, oh no, he's really well respected and really smart. If he was, he'd tell the truth. Since he doesn't, I call him a moron. It's America. I get to say that. He can call me a moron. It's not going to hurt my feelings. I'm confident in who I am and what I know. So, hey, it all works. But his whole thing starts with Columbus enslaving Indians and all this and and starts painting this horrible picture of America. The problem with this is Christopher Columbus never landed in North America. Anyone who, I don't know, paid attention in history class would know this. He didn't land in North America. The closest he got was the Caribbean. Now, did Spanish people follow after that and enslave a lot of the Indians and kill a lot of them in South America and now today Mexico? Yeah. Guess who that wasn't? That wasn't America. Weird. That was Spain. Do you hear anybody trying to burn Spain down lately? Does anybody talk about how terrible Spain is? No. Isn't that odd? That's really strange. Do you know that... Spain was probably the worst aggressor, especially in this hemisphere. 
Nobody talks about it. Isn't that weird? I find that very odd. And Christopher Columbus, well, yeah, more people followed him and found North America, but he certainly didn't. And the first people to come to North America, they didn't enslave anybody. They were pilgrims who just wanted to worship the way they wanted to worship. And they got along with Indians. So where did these narratives come from? And why would a guy like Howard Zinn write it all wrong? Because they want to promote a narrative. These people have been brainwashed into the idea that somehow they're going to create a utopia. Utopias, when it comes to people, do not exist, will not exist. And the only way you might possibly ever create somehow a purely equal society is you would have to kill everyone and replace them with robots with no feelings. I mean, it wouldn't be a human utopia. But still, you get my idea. It's not possible as long as people are involved. Um, and how? what bothers me is the fact that you're saying you're doing this for good, but you only do horrible things to achieve it. That doesn't seem right. That doesn't seem normal. It doesn't even seem like the right way to go about things. And as we know, it's not. So how you would reach a utopia perfect society by lying, cheating, stealing, killing. I don't know that we all know what the end is. We've all seen this movie. We've all seen how it ends. It ends in fire devastation and a lot of dead people. Why? Because it's not possible. There are a lot of people at the top of certain organizations that want power and that's at the end of the day what it all comes down to power and money they know that if their side or their ideology is in charge then they can enrich themselves and they can tell other people what to do so the next time someone wants to tell you about their wonderful wonderful idea of how to make a perfect world and how virtuous they are, then just know they're coming from a place of power-hungry, controlling, racism, and death. Weird how that works, huh? The most virtuous people, supposedly, who talk about how virtuous they are, are just the opposite. But you know this. You should know this. Because they are the people that have always been that way. The progressives who wanted to progress society. You know, like Hitler. He was a progressive. And I'm sure he really enriched society. But that's the same people. They are all cut from the same cloth. So the leading idea is intersectionality. That started the victim, the oppressor, oppressive. That's the new kind of form of Marxism. That's their new battle cry I guess oppressed of the world unite um, but really the idea is still the same as it's always been and these groups when you come from like Antifa and Black Lives Matter who which you know is a stupid name because all lives matter period and I don't care if that offends someone sorry if you if life offends you then I guess you can off yourself doesn't matter to me. I mean, I'm just saying that all life matters. Hmm. I mean, you know, apparently black lives don't matter any other time. But that's because it's never about what it's said to be about. But the best way to shut down most of these uh, kind of things is um, if you ever go and download or go and read the uh, Nazi 25-point plan. It's very interesting because you can take... Antifa, go on their website and read off of it, go on BLM, read their mission statements. And it's really funny how close it mirrors the 25-point plan from the Nazis. So does the, you know, Democratic plan as well. Um, and so I think the best way is is to get a copy of it or just jot it down on your own 
and you know if somebody's really arguing with them say hey do you agree with this do you agree with this do you agree with this and when they answer yes about 15 times say congratulations you're a nazi you want to go get your swastika and get the hell out of my face and i think it would probably shut down a lot of people who think they are very virtuous you know but the ones at the top the true hardcores that lead these groups know that they're nazis they really really want to somehow get in power and kill a lot of you know people like me because we're just not conforming to their idea of what they want which is complete and total power complete and total control of the united states the problem is the only way this country runs is the way we run now you take that away and it's just a smoldering hellhole like chaz so anyway i think a lot of people need to first and foremost realize that the way our political system works now is we work in teams and right now whether you agree with uh, trump which i don't agree with all the stuff he says and does all the time that doesn't really matter um, he is the uh, the team captain, if you will, at the moment. And he needs a lot of help. And not just in Washington, but all over this country. Every town, every city. There needs to be changes. And it has to go from this stupid, insane, and destructive ideology of the left. And we need to bring back true American values. True American values. Now, whether that means for you, maybe religion, and in that vein, if that's your family tradition, then that's fine. And some of it may not be. But we always have basic building blocks. We have our Constitution, our Bill of Rights, our founding the best mission statement ever put forth on the earth through those documents. We also have family, keeping families together. That is the biggest reason we are seeing so many things today. That's why things are so out of control. And that goes on many levels. That's not just in the black community, which apparently has been the biggest death blow ever, ever given to a group of people was the governmental incentivization to break up homes. And what does that mean? By the fact of people being incentivized to not have a father in the home so you could get more assistance to make it. It's evil and insidious. And yes, a Democratic plan. But also, Republicans helped pass it as well. It destroyed a lot. You need two parents. And that still should be the ideal way to do it. Now, many on the far left say, no, no, you're supposed to have some weird guru group of specialized people from all races and cultures to raise every child. And actually, by the way, we're just going to let the government decide what needs to happen. And you lost me 15 minutes ago when there was a group of people that are going to decide what to happen to my child. You lost me and you should probably leave. Um, But that's their insanity. But that's part of american culture that has to come back in every race creed color every blah 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 blah, go down the list uh of all groups that it needs to be in and there are many sides to this and when i say that like there's a, a huge part of the feminist the new nazi feminist culture that says well you know men are just worthless useless pieces of shit we don't need them and so that's trying to tear down even more of the usual structures of a family, which makes things work so much better. And at the end of the day, the whole idea is to disrupt any part of American culture and life as possible and make as much of the people who believe in it feel like outsiders and aliens so much to be defeated so they can rip the country apart impose their will and their ideology because I don't know why you know honestly 
that is at one point, you know, you can say it's for power, which I understand power and control and money and all these things. At the end of the day, it still blows my mind that anyone would want to tear down something this amazing. I just, you know, I know they're out there. I know their ideology. I know it's evil. It just still baffles me to no end why someone would want to destroy something so great. I just don't get it. It is really hard. The biggest thing that I can think of to change a lot of this really is to start creating your own narrative. And like I said before, yes, you can call it the truth, but even not even engaging that much in it and saying, no, we're not going to just tell the truth. This is our story. We're going to tell the story of America. We're going to tell the story of what has happened. We're going to just tell our own story, tell our own narrative. And yes, it may require people getting out in the street and protesting. It's going to require people at the very top on the conservative end of things to invest in media, social media. A lot of those things have to happen to change the narrative to gain back our country. And maybe it's not all going to be super profitable. And I know for a lot of people on the right, that's a hard thing. That's a hard idea. There's a lot of things that can happen. There's a lot of ways this can this can change through a lot of the same tactics that the left has used for years. Talk about community, uh, community outreach, uh, you know, doing, you know, having community programs, those kind of things. But instead of having it institutionalized from the top, you have it privatized in local groups. Contact people, building building a community and engaging with people in the community and promoting the right ideas. And like I say, some communities, maybe it's more on a religious thing. It doesn't have to be at all. There's many different fronts that this can be fought on. But at the end of the day, it has got to the point that it is a war. It is an absolute war. I mean, look at it. You have Chaz in the middle of Seattle where they've taken over and decided that's their the beginning of their new country. So it is a war. And as any warrior that's ever fought knows, the only way to really win it is hearts and minds. And to make that connection, it has to be made through talking to people, making connections, having relationships with people and not always preaching at them and definitely not just telling them the numbers because the numbers don't lie. And it's true. And there's a lot of people who like to do it. And I get caught up in it sometimes myself where I'm just like, Hey, you know, yeah, this is wrong. See, here's, here's how it's wrong, 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 wrong. But just talking to people, talking about ideas and, you know, maybe it's not even, you know, essentially political because that's not where this war is ultimately won or lost. It's all won and lost in culture, winning our culture back, taking back the narrative that America is evil and racist and terrible is got to be the number one goal. No matter, it's not about an election. It's not about, uh, you know, who will get the most votes here or there. It's about literally the lifeblood of this country. You have to start winning the culture war. And if that is getting more conservative ideas into movies, into TV shows, creating all these things, creating a social media platform, social programs, whatever there is, there's so many fronts that this battle has to be fought on. And the fact that we have not been fighting that battle in those areas for decades is why even when we win in an election, we're never really in charge because all those things are going to fight against you all the time. And those are the battles you have to win. And maybe you don't win every election, but if you get your culture back, 
you win the ultimate prize, which is the continuation of the greatest nation on this planet. And the greatest one there's ever been or probably ever will be. And that's what you have to win. It's one in the culture. And that is finding lots of younger people, people who appeal to younger people, and getting the word out and not being so stiff and, and always being about the you know the numbers or this or strictly on this here or that you know it's all about connecting with people and changing the culture and showing how these things really don't have your best interest at heart by any stretch of the imagination what capitalism really does what what the actual thing is why it's great to be free start there start with the biggest best thing that this country has ever done which is introduce freedom to so many that's where you start start with freedom and move on from there and you can win the culture and ultimately win the war not just the battle anyway that's all I've got for this Tuesday and uh, I will be back on Thursday with my rant, uh, working on that right now. Uh, I'm sure there, well, I know there's plenty to rant about. Uh, it's more these days, instead of trying to find the rant topic, it's more about narrowing down the rant topics. So anyway, until Thursday, uh, check us out on YouTube and, or not YouTube, wow. Maybe, maybe soon. Um, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all those great things. Leave us a message, like us, uh, give us a good review on uh, Spotify, iTunes. Any of those reviews will help a lot and get more people listening. That's the whole point of all this is really to get more people listening and more of uh, more of this, you know, just a regular guy talking about it, not some guy getting paid millions and millions of dollars to uh, run down his bullet points. So until then, remember, it's no agenda, just a man.